there, Bucks fans. How's everybody doing this Wednesday morning? It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And of course, this is where we always get to all of your questions. So wherever you want to go to do that, let's see your Facebook page. That is where you do it in the comment section underneath our live video. So as we give people a chance to start submitting some of those, figured we'd talk about some of the, the big news of the week and you know, whenever it's a bye week, sometimes we don't expect there to be a lot of news. But then when your team has been the walking wounded, uh, the injury news can always happen at any point. So uh, tell us some of the finally good news that we have to share on some of these injuries. Yeah, and to your point, the timing of these moves uh, really tells us something. And that is that both Scotty Miller and uh, Sean Murphy Bunting were designated to return to practice. They're, they're on injured reserve. Now, when you do that, you start a 21-day window uh, during which at any point they, you can activate them to the active roster, but during that time, they can practice with the team without counting against the 53-man roster. So the reason I say the timing there is significant is because the Bucks did this on their bye week. They could have easily just waited until next Monday or Tuesday to do it and started that 21-day window later. By doing it now, they do get a chance to put Scotty and Sean, it's kind of it's kind of helpful that they play complementary positions or competitive positions, I guess, receiver and quarterback, because they can go out there and simulate some practice stuff for a couple of days. So that's the reason they do that, I suppose. But it also tells you that those guys are probably closer to returning than needing the full 21 day window. So it's, it's pretty encouraging news. Yeah, that is a really great point and how interesting that timing is. And of course, uh, Rachel had asked, what's the situation with Gronk? Um, so what did we see? I mean, it was, everybody, of course, was so excited to see that he was you know dressed and then got in the game and then it was unfortunately only a few snaps and left again so uh, I know Bruce talked about it a little bit earlier this week yeah I think he has said on a couple of occasions since the game that they probably shouldn't let Rob Gronkowski play that he really was pushing to play um, I think the ribs apparently are okay now but um, an injury that sort of came up off of the other one is back spasms and and those flared up during the game so he tried to go and after only a few snaps you know, the back spasms and gave him a problem. He was done. And so now he has two weeks to recover from that, which I don't know that I, I'm not a doctor. And it's, it's always bad when we try to speculate on, on injuries and how long a guy will be out. But to me, back spasms in two weeks doesn't sound as bad as like cracked ribs in two weeks. So we'll see. Hopefully he'll be back and at full strength this time around. I'm sure at this point, that Bruce isn't going to put him on the field again until he's fully ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I do think it seems like this bye week was just so perfectly timed, but I also feel like we say that every year because there's always injuries in football. And so you always have guys you're ready to get back. But this year in particular, it feels like some pretty good timing. Um, Trevor had asked, um, how much better will the secondary be when we get the starters back? And when that happens, where will Richard Sherman fit in? Well, that second part is definitely going to be an interesting question because at some point, if you get everybody back, you, you're a little deep there all of a sudden, and, and there may not be a lot of snaps for everybody. Uh, I don't know. We, you know, Carlton Davis notably was not designated to return from practice. So he must be a little farther away. So I think that's a, you know, I think that's an issue for down the road. I think that's a good problem to have and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I don't really remember the first half of that question, how they'll be. Yeah, just how much better the secondary will be once everybody's back. You know what? Honestly, it could take a bit of time for it all to gel again, like it did last year. Really the secondary and the quarterbacks in particular were much, much better during that eight game winning streak than they were for the first three months of the season. They were really not Carlton. He was pretty steady the whole way, but there were some ups and downs for both Sean 
and Jamel Dean, and Jamel Dean's playing really well right now, by the way. Um, so those guys are very talented and they demonstrated they can play together and be a very strong secondary. So I think that's where you will get back to, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of growing pains as they sort of gel together again. Okay. Uh, and Frank had asked, um, what were your thoughts on the play of Devin White and his press conference and uh, what, what his performance looked like against the Saints? Well, I mean, he played well. Obviously, the 45 yards worth of penalties is a negative, and uh, the taunting one obviously didn't have to happen. Uh, I, you know, the the rough in the passer one, if I if I have him right, I think that's one where he was trying to get through, and his hand hit him on the helmet or on the face mask. I tend to give guys a break on those because I don't think that's what they're trying to do. But on the other hand, Coach Arians doesn't seem to be giving those guys a break, saying, "Hey, we knew this." referee was and this crew called the most roughing the passer penalties in the league and so you have to be extra careful and you have to keep that in mind all the time so maybe you know coach wasn't happy with that and then the other one the horse collar horse there's a good reason for that horse collar rule and we see why with the injury that James suffered uh, again though he's running past him he tries to grab his jersey I don't think it was malicious or anything um, he said in his press conference after the game that he's that's he's an emotional player he plays with emotions he talks all the time and that he just needs to do a better job of not talking right at the guy I think the main thing that a lot of these guys need to keep in mind is just don't stand over the guy if you're going to talk some smack do it while you're walking away right right absolutely um and so also I know we had some people bringing up the trade deadline that was yesterday um, and it came and went with the Buccaneers not participating uh so I wanted to hear your thoughts on that of what that says about uh, the team and, you know, what the front office thinks, the fact that, that we were not participants despite some of the injuries. Well, I mean, the first thing that it says is that the NFL trade deadline isn't anything like it is in like baseball or, or the, the NBA. It usually isn't a high impact uh, time of the year because in a midseason trades in the NFL are a lot harder to make work than in some of the other sports in part because Guys come in and, and you know, there's a, there's a learning curve for them for some time. So it, it, it's just, it's not often that you add an impact player at the deadline. And so a couple teams did. The Rams were the biggest, I think, with Von Miller. And it looks like Stephon Gilmore might really be able to help out um, Carolina. That was a little bit before the trade deadline, but still. The Bucks throughout their history haven't made a ton of deadline deals. So I don't go into any trade deadline expecting them to happen. So I was not surprised when none happened. The speculation you saw for the Buccaneers leading up to it was about various cornerbacks around the league, like Kyle Fuller in Denver. But I think the Buccaneers are taking the approach of, hey, we've got guys coming back. We don't need to trade for another guy and have even more of a log jam and give up other assets and then have Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis come back. And then you have those two and Dean and Richard Sherman and even guys like Dee Delaney who have played well in their absence. So I just don't think there was necessarily a need to trade for a cornerback. I know that's the first thing and as a fan, I'm sure I would think the same thing. You want to look at where your team is, is hurting and say, hey, let's go fix that. And and uh, Jason Light has done such an aggressive job of signing guys like Antonio Brown last year to provide depth for a, injury, a position that was suffering some injuries that you sort of begin to expect that. But signing a guy that's out there in the street and trading for a guy are two different things. <clears throat> okay. And I know that some people tuned in uh, a little bit late. So we talked about this right off the top. But uh, Gerald had asked, again, what players do you think we have returning from injury. So uh, tell us again about the, the news that came in uh, this week yeah. and then just what we might know when ab about 
everybody essentially at this point. Well, we'll know a lot more about the status of everybody when they return to practice next Monday. It's really hard to get a whole lot of updates this week because all the players are completely gone from Tuesday through Sunday. And hopefully a lot of the ones that are injured are having, are getting time to get closer to returning. The most concrete news we have was yesterday when Scotty Miller and Sean Murphy Bunting were designated to return from practice. And as we said earlier in this show, the timing is interesting because the Buccaneers are on the bye. And so they could have easily waited until next Monday to designate these two guys to return when the Buccaneers were actually practicing and thus start their 21 day window where they don't count against the active roster a week later and have longer to decide. So this tells me that those guys are probably going to be returning sooner rather than later because you went ahead and started their 21 day window yesterday. Okay. And then we had people asking about Antonio Brown and and his injury. And I wanted to hear also your thoughts on what the offense has looked like um, minus him and Gronk and some of the guys that have been used and stepped up. I mean, we've even seen them throw Jalen Darden in there on a couple of plays. Tyler Johnson definitely played a bigger role this last Sunday. So um, maybe what you learned about some of these other weapons besides the the big name ones uh, in their absence recently. And also, and also Leonard Fournette. I think they've been trying to get the ball to Leonard in the past game in recent weeks. And that makes a lot of sense. And he's, he generally makes a couple of good plays in the passing game per game. I don't think this last game was really the best example of that. But if this last game, kind of went the way you would expect playing against the Saints because the Saints always try to use Marshawn Lattimore on Mike Evans and Evans did win one of those matchups in a big way with his touchdown catch over Lattimore even drew a penalty at the same time but he was only targeted four times because that's what the Saints wanted to do they want to try to take him out and so you expected or I expected a big game from Chris Godwin and indeed he did and then I thought well maybe a guy like Tyler Johnson is going to need to step up and I think he had five catches for 65 yards so um, not having Gronk is probably, uh, was probably the bigger issue there because I think between Tyler Johnson and Cyril Grayson making the big catch, they gave us about what Antonio Brown probably would have given us in that game anyway. Uh, but we're, we're not getting a huge amount of production out of the tight ends. And we all know that Gronk was really on a tear at the start of the season before he got hurt. So both of those guys coming back will be huge, but I, I'm really looking forward to Gronk giving us back that extra, you know, dimension in the passing attack. Okay, and then we'll close with this one. Adam asked, do you think after the bye week we'll see more of Joe Tryon Shoyinka? You know, it's it, it's situational. Like, there's just some games where the game plan is better for Jason Pierre-Paul, which is the guy that Joe would normally take snaps away from. And we all know that JPP likes to stay on the field as much as possible. He's He's got incredible stamina, and he's been playing pretty well lately. He had a couple passes defensed in his last game, which is one of his specialties. And, you know... Joe has, has had some nice moments, but he still is the rookie compared to the very experienced JPP. And Coach Arian said a couple of weeks ago that there are just some things that Jason Pierre-Paul does better than Joe at this point. And so it's not all about just rushing the passer around the edge. There's other parts of playing that position. So yes, in a nutshell, the answer is yes, I do think we'll see a little bit more of Joe, but I don't think it's going to be a gigantic amount more. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for those great questions. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys some other football since the Bucs are on their bye week this weekend. And we'll be back next week to talk about the game that will be the next week against the Washington football team. So we'll see you then.